I'm going to start with the first of three E's. I'm going to tell you about that first one I just mentioned, equip, right now. I'm going to tell you about the second one, Wednesday night. Yes, I said Wednesday. And the third one will be next Sunday morning. And like they say, you know, when there's no lifeguard on duty, swim at your own risk. I'm just telling you, miss, at your own risk. So let's look, if you will, at the fourth chapter of Ephesians. And you know these scriptures. I'm very aware of that, that you know these scriptures. But I'm going to start with verse 11, and I'm sorry if I didn't give you that one. But it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And here we go. For the equipping. King James says perfecting, but it's, this is what it means. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body. Now, we need to go over this again before we, we move on because you need to understand what God is telling us through Paul's writings is that there's a, I'm putting a process in place right here. And, and God is the greatest management system owner of any person that's ever lived or wanted to run and manage people and set systems, and God's done it all through His words, and this is one of the times. And, you know, I bring out many times Jesus just wasn't a chaotic leader, that Jesus was one that said, hey, we've got uh, five loaves, two fish here. Okay, give them here. He knew what to do. First of all, He took them. He knew that to, to move on and meet the need that something miraculous had to happen. So what did He do? He took what He had. He looked up and He gave thanks. By the way, if, if you want to multiply what you have and that's all you have, I would start with thanks if I was you. Be thankful for what you already do. And then he told them to sit down after it was multiplied. And um, he said you need to have them to sit down in groups of 50. Another time it was 100. And then he didn't feed them. He even created something there. He gave it to his disciples and all of those that were uh, following it, and, and they distributed it. So, once again, in this passage right here, this is not the only place, but this is kind of where we're staying today. He did it again. He said, I'm, I'm giving some to the body of Christ, talking about the church. He said, I'm, to some, I'm going to give apostles, there's going to be evangelists that's going to come along and help to build up with a word from the Lord. Then there's going to be, you know, pastors and some prophets to foretell what's happening or tell what is happening. And then some teachers. And so he says he's giving these different types of ministries to the body so that the whole body, whether it's through at times an evangelist or at times it's through the pastor or the pastor teaching or whatever, the, the, the or through an apostle, whatever it's through, whatever leadership role God's decide 
to feed and uh, equip people. He does it through one of those roles. He does that so that you cannot just, or anybody, just go to a church service and kind of just mull on it and kind of see, you know, and a lot of people have left church empty for decades and centuries, I might add, because they spent the entire church service trying to process everything with their mind instead of trying to see what the Spirit of God was telling them at the moment. A lot of people want to see if they agree with everything or if they think the preacher or the, the evangelist, or the, and it doesn't matter. If what they're saying, are they, did they find out something about me? Well, God knows everything about you folks. And he'll speak to you through all kinds of avenues. And a lot of people have robbed themselves day in and day out going to church because they couldn't hear what thus saith the Lord because they were too busy listening to their minds and their opinions. And I know that me and every other pastor, preacher, evangelist will say things that everybody cannot use and hear and and God knows that, but He always will make sure if you will show up at home, He'll put something on the table somewhere that you can get full off of a little bit and you can snack on and eat, whether it's the praise and worship or a portion of a message or whether it's through here a drum, a, 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 a drum, I can put them together, you can call them all kind of names, or whether it's through just something you read or somebody come up and spoke something. God knows if you'll just show up at the house, He'll feed you some kind of way. And he says, I'm sending you this, not just so you can see what all's going on, but I'm doing it because I need you to be equipped. You just can't come to church and just say, well, tell the devil, I went to church Sunday. No, you've got to be equipped. And you've got to be equipped, number one, for your own sake. How many of you believe that the devil really is real? I want you to physically raise your hand this time. You believe he's real. He's not like a, one of the last creatures that Walt Disney sketched out before Mickey came out. You believe he's real. He's real. He's real. He's real if you don't believe he's real. He'd love for you to not believe he's real. And even if you didn't believe he's real, he's still going to try to kill you and send you to hell. Because you were made by God. And I just told you that a week or two ago. And so God knows you need to be equipped because there's a devil out there that's always trying to kill, steal, destroy you and everything about you, your family, your life, your dreams, your hopes, everything. So you've got to be equipped for your own sake, but you need to be equipped, number two, for the sake of the world around you so you can help to be salt and light. But you all know, also need to be equipped for what he just said, for the edifying of the body, for brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, and, and you're not that, and again, I'm going to go back and hit something I spent a lot of time on a while ago. That's why this church has got to embrace life groups, small groups, and people helping and blessing one another like we never have before. People need each other, church. People don't need just a gigantic church service to get lost in and leave and feel as lonely as they did when they come. People need each other. Do you all understand that? You're not going to get it at home. or You're not going to get it. You need to be there when the body needs to be edified. So that's why he gave apostles, prophets, 
pastors, teachers. He, he, he gave so that equipping of the saints could be an ongoing thing every single week. That's why God did that. Now, I'm going to say uh, four, well, it's really five things, but two of them together. I'm going to give you some scripture really quick because of that treat I told you about. Number one, I'm going to help you to be equipped today. Everything I'm going to tell you is things that you really want to know today. So these are not just things that I come up with. These are things that God says they, they're going to want to know this, Opie, so you make sure. I know there's hundreds, if not thousands, but I need you to tell them these five things because everybody, everybody is interested in these five things. The first one is you want to be equipped with tithing. And you know the scripture, bring all the tithe. I'm going to prove it to you every, with every step. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house or meat in my house. And try me now. You, you won't find that anywhere else in the Bible. Try me now, God says. Try me. But he does when it comes to tithing, financial man. He said, try me. Try me. You think somebody out here's got all of it or whatever? You, you try me. Try my system. He says, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Do y'all know what heaven's made out of? I'm not going into detail, but the road is not made out of a pea gravel or asphalt. Just the road. There ain't even a dirt road up there. Even what we would consider a dirt road is made out of gold. He says, try me now in this and see if I won't open up the window. So there ain't no telling. If he opens up a window for you, there's no telling what's going to come out of that window if the road itself's made out of gold. He says, I'll open up the windows and pour out for you such blessing. There will not be enough room to receive it. So listen. And I do this in one form or another every January, and everybody here knows I do. But I, I, I don't want people to, well, I don't want you to kill me and aggravate me to death over something we can handle right now. Telling me how broke you are and how the devil's stealing everything and you can't make ends meet and blah, blah, blah. We, we can just fix it today and we can save both of us a ton of time in prayer, amen? <laughs> Tithe payers liked it and everybody else just kind of sitting there waiting on me to go point two. Okay, anyway. But listen, here's the way it works with God. I'm going to give you 100%, and I just need 10% of that back that's not really yours. But I love you so much, and I want to do so much for you. I just want to see where me and you are on this money thing, so... Every week, I'm going to need you to give me that 10% back so that I can blow that 90% out of the water for you. And if you're in here today and you say, well, I tried tithing one time, bump, stop right there. If you, you, you just said, try me, you, you tried tithing, you didn't try God. I said, he said, try me now, prove me now. You, you treat it like it was like a publisher's clearinghouse thing. Uh, yeah, that works. Everybody wins those. Okay, uh, don't you 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 didn't you didn't do what he said to do. 
when you give God what is his, he says, okay, we don't have to worry about a curse being on his or her or their life. And I can now open up the window and I can bless. And let me just make a, a, a quick point here. God is so good, he doesn't just do it with money. Uh, he will do it in making the tires on your car that should have been changed 20,000 miles ago. Last longer for some reason. I thought I used up that last cup of sugar last week, but just like he put oil and meal, he's done this. He, he does it. Uh, well, there it is. I, how did I get that appointment? They say, the doc, that doctor said he was booked up for a year and a half. Let me tell you something. You can keep it if you want to, but you will have a radiator that goes bad. You will get a doctor bill that you have to finance. You just go on and keep that 10%, but that window will stay shut. You'll stay frustrated. You'll be broke as a chicken, and you'll need everybody to help you out your whole life. Well, I'm doing pretty good, and I don't tire. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You just ain't collected, connected them dots yet, honey. It might not show up in your bank, but it might show up in your body somewhere. It might show up in your family somewhere. It might show up in you not being able to sleep at night somewhere. It might show up in a dilapidated vehicle or a brand new vehicle. It's going to show up because you, you cannot live and keep from God, but you honor the government because you're scared of going to jail. Now, what's up with that? You'll pay your taxes if you can because you don't want to go to jail. Well, you're just saying that because, and I love this, <laughs> you're just saying this because the church, and this is what I'll, a lot of preachers, because the church wants money. Let me give you a news flash, and I'm moving on. The church does not need your money. Do y'all hear me? The church doesn't need your money. Why does any church need the people's money when the owner owns the cattle on a thousand hills? I, listen, listen to me, listen. I, I don't care. People's come and they've left. I checked with Nikki just the other day. I'm not going into details. This is not a business to me. But everybody gets worried about attendance all the time right here. And son, it's in and out, up and down, and people are all over the place. And you know what? And it was still, our giving still went up by almost $20,000 last year. And you wasn't faithful if, if you're unfaithful in here. Just think of what it would have done if you would have been living obedient to God. Now, I'm doing this again. We're going to survive, honey. We've been here since November the 4th, 1997, when nobody paid tithes, and we're still in existence. Hallelujah to the Holy Ghost. We're going to make it. We're going to make it because it's His. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. I'm just trying to help you get out of the rut today. I'm just trying to equip you so you don't live this next decade like this previous decade. I think we need to move on, don't you? Because some of you need to exhale right now. You've been holding your breath about eight minutes. <laughs> Go, Derek, take me somewhere else. Next thing we need to do is we need to be equipped with prayer and with praise. You don't have to worship God, I get that. But the rocks will, the trees will, the mountains will cry out. But at midnight, 
Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. That was praise and worship back then to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So say, there's a lot of good stuff going on in here that I can't get into right now. Suddenly, I do that sometimes because either the Holy Ghost is on me or I need to wake about eight people up. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, sometimes it's spiritual and sometimes it's personal. Okay, no, no, it's not. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake when they started praying and they started praising. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the earth were shaken, and the prison was shaken. And immediately, everybody say immediately. Yeah, he's not a gradual guy, he's an immediate guy. All the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Bottom line, loose. Bottom line is this. Every one of you in this building, right this minute, you know of a prison or a chain either in your life, in your family, or in your circle, at your school, your college, your job, your plant, your, your doctor's office, everybody in here represents a chain of some kind. You got a prison. We sing it all the time. Or you might be a prisoner in your mind. You can't get it off your mind. It's consuming you. It owns you. Listen to me. Today, God wants you to be equipped in the area of praising Him and praying to Him because every time the people of God will respond to praying and praising Him in spite of a prison experience, God will always respond in breaking and loosing chains and everybody, including the other prisoners, will get blessed. All right? Let's go to the next one. So we got to be equipped in tithing. We want to be equipped with praying. That's why we have prayer. I had the option. I said it Wednesday night. I've got the option not to do this. I'm the pastor. I, I, I can do this. But I can't not do this. Because i gotta be, I, I got to do what somebody tells me to do. And we know who somebody is. Amen? I've got to do it, church. I don't have an option. And, and somebody asked me, I, I, I am not after God has liberated this boy from results. I, I no longer look for results. I look for obedience because he blesses me when I obey him. And I am so glad he does. I am glad it's not based on the faithfulness of people. I'm glad it's based on the faithfulness of his word and the promises in his word. I want you to really get a hold of this because you need to understand that scripture in the hallway you walk past today is there for a reason. And if you don't get equipped with church attendance, the devil himself will see that you have given him unrestricted access. Because I know we can do everything at home. I know we can do it all at home. But I'm telling you this that if you forsake the assembling of yourselves, you listen to me. I don't care if it's Sunday morning or Wednesday night. or It comes at a price tag. I get it. You don't have to come to church. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You do what you want to when you want to, and you prove that all the time. But it comes at a cost. You ain't got to. Church, what I'm saying, you cannot omit and live outside of the scriptures of God's holy word 
and expect it not to cost something. It does. It always has and it always will. And I say to you that you are, this is Matthew 16, 18, you've got it right here, that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's in yellow because I need to tell you this. The church is the only thing that the Bible mentions that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And if you're saying, well, I go when I can. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 you know, you want, I mean, I, if that's you, then you are playing with your, your life. I say your soul. You're playing with your life. You're playing with everything. A lot of people went where I just went, but I don't care. I'm doing it. You're playing with your family. You're playing with it. If you treat church like it's an elective going into Scotland High School, I don't know if I want to take home ec or not. If you think church is an elective, boy, I'm telling you what, you've made hell, hell's job a whole lot easier. Because the way hell sees it, I don't care if he says he's a Christian. I don't care if they say they pray. I don't care if they say they tithe or fast. The Bible says the church is the only thing that God has on this earth that the gates of hell won't prevail against. You miss if you want to, but you will feel the effects of staying out of church. Over time, you will feel it. You'll get cold. You'll get indifferent. You'll, you'll, you'll get all that. And i got to hurry. I do because the treat's about here. All right. And the last thing uh, is the Word of God. Now, I get it. It's hard to read the Word of God, ain't it? It's hard to read it, ain't it, church? I mean, it's only in one language, and most of us don't know that language, do we? I mean, it's like over in Israel, and we, we're not from there. We don't know. I mean, it's hard to read the Bible, isn't it? I mean, it'd be so much nicer if it was in different translations and, it, and if it was in an audible format where we could just even have it read. It would be nice if the Bible was like that, where we could listen to it. It's just hard to read the Bible, though, isn't it? It's just difficult. I wish God would have made it easier for us to read the Bible. For all those things my hand has made, and all those things, and this is Isaiah 66 too, by the way, says the Lord, all those things that exist, but on this one I will look. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Now you listen to this. You live in a culture that is starving to death for people to notice them. You, you want me to go selfie on you again? Y'all don't need, we can't do that two times in a decade. Well, this is a new decade. I'm doing it. Ah, okay, here we go. Listen. Everybody wants everybody to know who they are. We want people to see what we've just done, what we've just pulled off, how good we look, or how homely we look, and we think we look good. Wait. Cannon, what's the word? Ratch, what is it? What's the word? Or how ratchet we look. Thank you. 
We want people to see it. We really do. And we're overlooking the one that we should really want to look on us. I don't care if you know me. I don't care if you recognize me, if you like or dislike, friend, I don't care about any of that. I, if God is willing to look down on mortal sinful man, I want to do what the Bible says to do for him to look on that one. And he said it right there. He said, but on this one I'll look. Him who is of a, a poor spirit. See that humble word? It's gone. It's way gone. Humble, contrite, poor. You hear all these words? We don't like that. Get away from here. That's old timey. But that's exactly where God goes to, church. He says, if you'll do that and you tremble at my word, what does that mean? That means that you can't stand the thought of not reading it, not living by it, not looking to it for instruction or comfort or direction. You tremble at the word of God. In fact, you tremble at the thought of not having the word of God. I've got to, I'm through. I'm through. The Lord said, stop right here and do what you're going to do. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to have an altar service right now. I showed you the date, December the 16th. And you're going to hear, this is where I attend prayer, and this pastor, don't even know he's doing it. He may find out tomorrow, but he's doing this altar call right now again that he did last Sunday morning. And I've told you everything that I've been told since the 16th of December to share with you today. I've done it. These hands are clean. I love you, and I believe there's going to be a building full of equipped people that's going to leave here today, but we just need to talk to God. So I'm going to say, God, have your way. Do what you want to do. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would take these words, Lord, your word, and you would edify the body, encourage, equip the body. And God, all that you do, I will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God's kingdom has not increased because we're busy. God's kingdom does not grow because stars attract people. And God's church is not fed by starlets and stars in the pulpit who just love to hear themselves banter. And they've got cute little sayings and studies that they give out from memory. No, you're dead. The people are dying. I don't care how many come. What brings life is when a people gather and realize that prayer meeting is the most important service they can have on the property. And what will give life to you, sir, and your family is when you build an altar and you say I don't care what kind of requirements are placed on me I don't care how much is demanded of me nothing is going to take me away from the altar of God I don't care if I lose business or friends and some of you preachers have to be willing to say I don't care if I lose half my membership we're going to be a praying church the altar is going to be the most important piece of furniture in this place. Can I preach just two more minutes? 
I had a pastor call me this week, and I've been in touch with him a lot. He's going through it. I don't know that I've ever heard of a pastor going through what he's going through physically, spiritually. And, and he says, I, I, I can't function anymore. I'm out of strength. I'm sick physically. I'm sick spiritually. And he said, people are sending me anonymous texts or uh, notes and saying that property your church own is on is possessed by demons. That's why you're having such a hard time. Demons. Somebody's got to identify these demons and do something about it. And he texted me and said, what should I do about this? I said, let me tell you something, brother. Demons are everywhere. I was much more compassionate than that, but you can't tell it because it was a text. I said, they're everywhere. I said, there are demons trying to get on this property. And the only way to drive them out and keep them out is to build an altar. And I said, brother, I don't care how sick you are and how weak you feel. You won't be strong until you recognize that your weakness is a gift from God. And until you put an altar back in the church and call the church to prayer, you're going to be obsessed with this stuff and you're going to be oppressed by the devil. But if you will make that altar the centerpiece of your church, I promise you, God the Holy Spirit will drive out the powers and God the Holy Spirit will bring in the joy again. Can I get an amen from somebody? Okay, let me give my little speech here. I happen, Sandra and I don't watch TV. I rarely listen to the radio. Sometimes I get in the car and hit the button and it's news time. And that's what happened day before yesterday. And they were saying that Putin announced that Russia now has an ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile. Listen to this, and I didn't mishear it. That can travel 27 times faster than the speed of sound. So America has no defense. We can't stop it. We can't even find it. He's gotten a new class of submarines that can't be detected and they can fire nuclear missiles anywhere in the world. And it makes our Pacific Sixth Fleet look like a bathtub full of toys. And they were talking about the concern. You know, where is America? You know, where are we in all of this? I already heard the fear. And then I heard different people saying, have you heard? Let me tell you something. We're in the last days. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And I told my counsel before church, you've got some people who are scared to death and they're living by fear, thinking he's going to blow us up. And then you've got another class of people, mainly church people, who don't know anything. They're not upset about anything. They're just eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. We just carry on. We're in the last days. And the Bible said, Jesus said, men's hearts will fail them for fear and for looking after those things that are coming on the earth. But I came with a bit of information for somebody. Putin is not in charge. Nuclear weapons can't do a thing to me.
God is on the throne. God controls this universe. There is an altar in front of God and when we go there, God reaches out and blesses and answers our prayers. Say amen, somebody. Stand with me. You might as well all just stand with me. That everything happens by prayer. Souls get saved when people weep. Sins get forgiven when people ask. Blessings are poured out when people pour out their souls to God. So I declare to you right now, let me stand behind this pulpit. If, if you think that Monday night prayer meeting has been a fad, think again. Till I breathe my last breath, I'm calling prayer meeting. It's more important than this service. It's more important than any classes. It's more important than music. And I said it's more important than this pulpit because nothing happens without prayer. And I'm going to tell the men one more time. Your house is just going to be a kind of a nauseating place at times. No excitement, just a lot of drudgery. Your family is going to have no direction. Your marriage is going to be lackluster till you build an altar before the Lord and call out unto Him. I don't, I'm not asking you to go get a pile of rocks and, and build an altar. Why, you've got places all over the house that you can kneel and pray. And I tell you, if, if I were some of you young parents and you've got young kids, even babies, I would make sure that my children saw daddy with his Bible go in to a room and close the door. And when they ask mommy, where's daddy? Oh, he's building an altar right now because he realizes the devil's trying to tear us up. He realizes we need a blessing from God and God always blesses near the altar. Brother, I'd change my life drastically right here in a new year, in a new decade. I would not be the person I was. I would not be a Sunday morning Christian, a weekend warrior, an in and out, up and down, inconsistent professor of faith. I wouldn't do it. I'd kneel before that altar and say, God, pour fire on me. Don't ever let me be the same again. Would anybody like to join me in the altar right now as we on this last Sunday morning of 2019. Say to God, if my forefather Abraham saw the need to build an altar regularly, ever so often on his journey, stop and build an altar 
And if there is a golden altar in front of my God in heaven, then I will have altars in my life. And I will make the altar the center of my life. I want to wait till everybody comes down. Who heard me this morning? I'm, I'm looking now. I'm not just asking. I'm looking. Did you hear me? Yes, sir. I did not come here preaching in my own name. I'm preaching in the name of Jesus. Yes, thank you. Pastor. This was not my sermon. Yes. This was His message. Yes. If you hear it, you will be blessed. Yes. Who heard me? How many daddies and men heard me this morning? Amen. You know, just a few weeks ago, we handed out rocks as memorial. Time has passed. It's time to dig another memorial. It's time to be reminded. Brother, this is spiritual warfare, and we don't have much time left. And let me tell you what will happen in this church if this preacher gets lazy. If I decide I'm going to take it easy now because I'm this age and I don't have the strength to do this anymore, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The devil will move right in with the same stuff. False teaching, false apostles, false believers, and he'll spread his cancer throughout this congregation. But look at me. Look at me. It ain't going to happen. I will die at the altar. I will die at the altar. For the sake of this congregation, I will die at the altar. I ain't worried about retiring. I ain't thinking about playing more golf. I'm not thinking about anything. Trips and cruises, I'm telling you Jesus is coming. And Satan is mad. But there is an altar. And somebody needs to camp out of the altar of God. Can I get an amen? Could, could, I, could I ask this church and many of you who are watching to raise your hands this morning and in your own way commit to a brand new altar yeah. oh Jesus oh Jesus Lord Jesus, I recognize that if there's one sin we are all guilty of, it's the sin of prayerlessness. We come and we confront it. We look it in the eyes and we say, no more. You are dethroned as of today, you spirit of prayerlessness. I am on my face, I am on my knees before the altar of God. I will not let go until you bless me, Lord. I will not concede victory to the enemy for my home, my children, my business, or my body. I am a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And I am a conqueror because I've learned to pray without ceasing and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Then to be the king of a vast domain for me. Hey.
How about singing it like you mean it one time? This is my testimony. Than to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Father God, we love you and we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that you desire to equip us, Lord. Lord, you're not withholding these things from us. And God, I want us to really understand that. It would be different. If, if you kept us away from it because we were not good enough or we were not holy enough. But God, you've made prayer available, tithing available, Lord. You, you've made church attendance available and praise available, God. And you've made your word available in the form, Lord, that you even sent him down here, Lord, as flesh. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that we would. We would be a, a, a tithing church. We would be a praying church praising church God we would make our mind up this service we're not going to let the devil steal not one church attendance church service from us this year we're not going to let him steal not one tithe from from you from us this year Lord he's not going to steal one day of prayer away from us this year Lord he's not going to steal one day away from me being in your word God we're going to be equipped more than we ever have before Lord we know you're coming back and you're equipping us Lord because of that, Lord, and Lord, we, we can't say, God, that you didn't stop and tell us, Lord. You did. You stopped and you showed us, Lord. Hallelujah. That's another reason to want to be equipped. That way maker we serve. If you're not a believer, all you got to do is say, Jesus, I am not ready to die. Forgive me of my sins. I got to leave here in a lot better shape than I came. You can pray at your seat or at the, but if you come right here beside Gene, behind Gene, right here at this altar where this light is, we'll pray for you. We got some stuff we'd love to send home with you. Your own line, you could just say, I gave my heart to Jesus right now. If you prayed that prayer, we'll, we'll, we'll get it to you this week, tomorrow. It, it will be out to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know, I know you know the Lord. And He wants to save and change it all right now. And God, I thank you that the day is that day of salvation, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord. And she does not, Lord, want to live another decade, another day, another year, Lord. And you're ready to show yourself in a brand new way. God, I give you the rest of me, the rest of my family, 
God, I surrender. I give you everything at this altar right now. I thank you that you're my Savior, my Redeemer, and that you, you, you kept me alive long enough to do the right thing, Lord. God, and I thank you that you're right now, Lord, you've got an angel writing a name down, Lord. God, I know you're able to do a mighty work in this life, Lord. Hallelujah. If he's your way maker, you need to sing while we pray. Alright, this is your warm-up. We're about to kill that track in a minute, and it's just gonna be y'all. So you better you better make your mind up that he's worthy of your praise right now. Light in the darkness. We got some lyrics you can help us with, Derek. Here we go. Waymaker, waymaker, here we go. Waymaker. Promise King. Tell him that. Wait. 
every way in your life and I want you to go on and get used to it I want to equip you with knowing who the way maker is when you run across a situation when you need a, a way made alright so we close our eyes and we say God oh father you made a way a long time ago and you never stopped and help me to walk out of this place today knowing that anything that pertains to me is your child you go before me, Lord. Hallelujah to that. You go before me, Lord. And you make a way. I don't have to worry about what it looks like. I don't have to worry about what it feels like or what it seems to be happening around me. God, remind me you go before me and you make that way. And Lord, when Satan comes to me this week, well, what if he don't come? He's going to come to you. He's going to come to you some way. He always will. We're just so used to befriending Him. God, when He comes to me, help me to know in the name of Jesus that you've already made a way of escape. I can bear it. I can bear it. Tell Him to bring it on. I can bear it because you've made a way, Lord. 